podcast of the Captain Jerry Show. I believe that most people in Nigeria and our sympathizers abroad are seeing and hearing the hideous atrocities that are being perpetrated by the Nigerian army and the Nigerian police force against the unarmed youths of Nigeria protesting for the rights to stay alive in this country. Last night at the Lekki Toll Gate in Lagos, Nigeria, while we were having a sit-in protest, the Nigerian army came in an obviously planned operation. They took out the cameras, they turned off the lights so that they can carry out their evil plan in the cover of darkness. The Lagos state government, allegedly I'll say, sent their technicians to take out the cameras. They took out the uninstalled the CCTV cameras right before our eyes. Then the soldiers came in and started shooting us down with live battlefield ammunitions. You see heads and limbs blown apart. Our blood was shed by the same people who swore to protect us in the country that is supposed to be our own. As I speak now, the death toll is rising, it's increasing. And the army also stole some of the dead bodies of our brothers and sisters they murdered in cold blood last night so that they can try to deny that anyone was killed. They carried, and remember that they carried out this, this crime yesterday, the 20th of October 2020. Remember this date because we will never forget it. And this date will change Nigeria forever. We will never forget. This morning, the Nigerian army woke up to, to brazenly deny uh, deploying any soldier to the Lekki toll gates against undeniable video evidence which they futilely tried to stop by taking off the toll gate CCTV cameras and turning off the lights. But their primitive minds forgot that we are living in the age of the smartphone with, with night vision cameras that can record and upload live events in real time. We got videos, undeniable proofs of their unpardonable crime that any court of law will, will accept as credible evidence. So now see, there is some breaking news coming up now, now 2 o'clock, 2 p.m., 21st of October 2020, but the Lagos State Governor, Babajide Shawolu, has countered the false narrative of the Nigerian army by telling us point blank that soldiers were deployed to the toll gate, but, but, but they were they, there are forces beyond his control. Forces beyond his control. Yeah, that's what he said. That he doesn't have power to counter their orders or change their prescribed rules of engagement. So that's that's more of the truth coming out. The truth is coming out. The Nigerian army has to look for a bigger lie to tell. They can't get out of this one. They're not fit to lie them their way out of this one, as they lie whenever they kill people in other places. For in this matter, they don't feel like we don't see them, we'll catch them red-handed. We saw what they did, we are there on ground, and we have evidence to prove it. No, 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 they can't lie their way out of this hideously monstrous crime as they used to. Yeah, they, when they, whenever they kill people in other localities, they normally seize and bury their bodies in shallow graves. They seize the bodies of my brothers and sisters slain yesterday at the toll gate. Let it be known this day that the soldiers seized the bodies, dumped them in their gun trucks and drove away. Let the world know. Yes, yes, we have proofs of their crime. Eyewitnesses of the Lekki Toget massacre abounds with live videos of the shooting and all that ensued. 
brave youths on the ground recorded them live on the internet. Also, also one of their soldiers who tried to stop his colleagues from shooting us made a video of his fellow soldiers opening fire on defenseless youths, on defenseless, unarmed, unarmed youths who did nothing but but sit down waving the Nigerian flag and, and singing a national anthem with shaky voices. This soldier did not participate in the shooting. Instead, he took the side of a citizen and made a short video and uploaded it on the internet immediately. His name is Corporal Harrison Friday. He's one of our heroes behind enemy lines. But this morning, the, the Nigerian army has arrested him on trumped up cybercrime charges for exposing their evil crime. Let the international community rise up for this good soldier and deliver him from the hands of the criminals in the Nigerian army. We the Nigerian youth want to tell every soldier that they should learn that some orders that come from their superiors are crimes against humanity and they will become damn criminals if they choose to obey such orders. If they tell you say make you go shoot protesters, you suppose get enough sense say say a very bad thing be that. There is a place in military law for lawful disobedience of unlawful orders from army commanders. To say that you are just following orders is not an excuse to commit a crime. You know if it say now gas make I shoot you now. Nigerian soldiers, Nigerian soldiers, please disobey orders that are illegal and immoral. Part of the reforms with the NSAS protesters are agitating for is the retraining of law enforcement agents to, to disobey illegal orders from their corrupt superiors. The military order to come and murder us at the toll gate is a criminal order that must be judged. Death is not the penalty for protesting. A government that grants amnesty to terrorists, that negotiates with terrorists, that pardon and empower and matriculate Boko Haram terrorists back into the society but uses deadly force against the unarmed young citizens begging for their lives, that kind of government can never build a nation. An evil nepotistic contraption of dictatorial oligarchy has nothing to do with democracy. A government that intentionally deprives a citizen of his life, of her life, has broken the constitution. But it appears like, like we are living in a country that is being run by a quasi-communist military regime whose officers are, are above the law and can bend the judiciary to suit their whims and caprices. Who derives the power to rule from the barrel of a gun? Let it be known this day, the Buhari administration, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Nigeria sent soldiers to kill us. This is a response of the government that asks us NSOS protesters to choose representatives to come and negotiate our terms and, and our demands with them. One of the social objectives of the Nigerian constitution states that governmental actions must be humane. But the Buhari government beckoned for negotiation with the left hand but cocks a gun to murder us with their right hand. We can never trust them again. We will never negotiate with you. Our demands are clear and the Nigerian constitution is clear. The country does not belong to any political class. We want a government that is devoid of corruption, devoid of nepotism, devoid of religious bigotry, devoid of police and military brutality. We want a country that gives we the citizens the freedom to run our businesses without oppression, the freedom to practice our religion without discrimination. For this pure form of good governance we pray, 
for good governance we protest, and we shall not rest until righteousness reigns in Nigeria just as the waters cover the sea. As I speak now, a civil uprising is ongoing in town, with reprisal attacks against the police, and the properties of political chieftains have been burnt all over legal states. This is the outcome of police brutality and the tacit complacency of an insensitive government. The murdered our brothers and sisters is like it's like it's like the government is too dumb to know that killing protesters has worsened the crisis. It has made dialogue impossible. Killing us is conspicuously an act of war. The government, by the action of the Nigerian army yesterday, has obviously declared war against the Nigerian youths. They killed us because we refused to accept their untrustworthy promises of fake reforms and demanded to see changes immediately. The Nigerian army and the notoriously rogue Nigerian police force shot our brothers and sisters down in cold blood. But be rest assured, my people, be rest assured, my friends, no matter what, as surely as God lives, the commanding officers of the Nigerian army and the police who are behind this crime against humanity will meet with due judgment in this life and in the next. Anyway, with, with, with all that said, I, I just want to put everyone on the same page, just, just in case you don't know all the things that transpired. Before the massacre at the toll gate yesterday, I want to give a brief summary of the background events that has been ongoing before the Lekki toll gate massacre we witnessed yesterday evening, the 20th of October 2020, from 7 p.m. Nigerian time. For a brief background overview, I want to start by saying that the NSAS movement marched and is still marching in protest to, to move the motion to see the rotting trees of the Nigerian police force chopped down and uprooted and new healthy roots planted in their stead. We refuse to permit the government that made this rottenness in the criminal justice system to continue on fester. No, 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 we can't continue. We can't continue business as usual. No, 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 we refuse to allow the government that turned a blind eye to the cries of the families of those murdered in cold blood by a rogue police force carry on the activities as if our lives don't matter. For many years, our government has allowed SARS of the Nigerian police to operate with monstrous illegalities and brazen impunity. We refuse to continue living in the fog of murderous intimidation from a police force that appears to be at war with the Nigerian youth and our communities as a whole. But beyond the reform of the police force, our NSAS movement is a mighty rushing wind that will not stop until it sweeps out all the refuge of lies and corruption from every parastatal, from every ministry, every office of the government, the military and the civil society. For the NSAS movement, police reform is just the beginning. It has become painfully conspicuous that even the blind can see that the Nigerian government has failed to stop the impunity of the infamous special anti-robbery squad, SARS, whose brazen corruption and brutality has, has become more than we can bear. Our government has pledged over and over again every year to reform SARS and investigate the human rights violations committed by SARS officers. But those promises and pledges have all proven to be audio hot air exhaled by politicians that cannot do us any good. Now, now they are still expecting us to accept their empty promises and give them months to do what can be done in a couple of days.
Or are they planning to start allocating billions of Naira to themselves as usual to meet our five points demands? Sometimes I wonder why our government appears not to take our lives and livelihoods seriously. And this administration wants us to believe that they are a government that holds the eradication of corruption as one of its primary objectives. Why couldn't they keep their promises to reform SARS? All they've been doing is to announce a ban uh, uh, that has never been enforced. The Inspector, of, the Inspector General of Police announced another ban on patrols and such by, uh, by SARS. The fourth of such bans in four years and they expect us to believe that they are serious this time. You know, the first and only time we have heard the President say anything about the protest was when he came out the other day to read out a script to us saying that they will reform the police. But, but sorry Mr. President, Nigerians have little or no confidence in the words that have failed to yield any results over the years. You have pledged to reform the police in 2015, but did nothing. You pledged again and promised um, in, uh, to reform them in 2016 and still did nothing. Again and again, empty promises in, in 2018 and 2019. They set up a commission of inquiry to investigate SARS and give a proposal for reforming them, but you can guess the outcome. Nothing came out of it. Two years after the commission submitted its report and findings to the Buhari administration, the only way we can believe anything, anything coming from this presidency in 2020 is when we see legislative orders passed and real structures put in place to retrain and curb the lawlessness of the police force and bring to justice the bloodthirsty murderous stars operatives that have terrorized and murdered innocent citizens in cold blood. And these things don't take time, they don't take time to do, if they are really serious, they don't take time to do. But the problem is the irresponsibility of those that are supposed to put these actions in place. A legislative action and an, and an executive order will clearly state rules of engagement and will ensure that the police won't revive the illegalities of, of SARS through any other squad anytime in the future. For those of you who haven't received a clear picture of the reasons we are still protesting, know that all these years, the only thing that the authorities did was to add federal as a new prefix to the name SARS, as if calling them federal SARS will exercise the bloodthirsty demons in the hearts of those mentally deranged armed robbers and murderers they recruited as policemen. The federal name they received only, only helped in federalizing their malicious criminality with increasingly infectious corruption. SARS officers operate like legalized clones of armed robbers and serial killers on the streets of Nigeria. We don't wish to insult anybody, we don't want to call the elected government officers liars, but we march to demand a proof of their seriousness to reform the Nigerian police force as a whole by starting with the scrapping of the load of crap called federal stars now. But till date, the government is yet to show any genuine commitment to ending the demonic operations and lawlessness of SARS and other police units. The only thing they could come up with is to announce that SARS has been disbanded and in the same breath they are declaring that they are launching a new squad and borrowing a new name from America calling it SWAT, Special Weapons and Tactics. Come on, these people. Do they think we are stupid, Abby? Why does it look like the police force is bent on keeping SARS under another name? 
What are they doing? What is SARS doing that other police tactical units like the mobile police, the MOPOL, the CTU, the counterterrorism unit, or the special protection unit, the SPU cannot do when trained appropriately? Is it that they are benefiting from the looting and the robbery of SARS officers? Does the money the SARS officers extort from the Nigerian youths, the oppressed every day get siphoned up the food chain of the police hierarchy? They think we are not smart enough to know that they are just playing the same name-switching game again. Do you know that without any open form of recruitment, they announced that they have recruited 1,850 persons to commence SWAT training? They want us to believe that they are not just rebranding their SARS desk world to continue where they left off in the near future when the protests may have run its course. These people think that they can do whatever they like and get away with it. It goes shock them that this time we will not accept it. That is why we march to end SARS, end SARS, and end any other useless agency of impunity, injustice, and corruption that this government may try to throw at us. If they really want to end SARS as they claim they have, if they have been guided by integrity, wisdom, and sound counsel, they wouldn't have jumped so quickly to form another squad. They should have opted to fix the other tactical units like the MOPOL, like the CTU and the SPU, selecting the best officers from these units to form a temporary situational squad that only operates when their service is required to fight armed robbery and to tackle other serious criminal situations. And after the situation is settled, they, they return back to their original police units. If the government wants us to believe that they are serious about the reformation of policing in Nigeria, they should stop this lame attempt of, of trying to hide SARS under a new name SWAT and fix the other police units and end SARS now. As I was saying, the IG of police, Emi Adamu, hurriedly borrowed the SWAT name from the American policing and uh, criminal justice system. So is that a solution to the high level of criminality in the Nigeria police force? Uh, do you need another tactical team when you have the, the MOPOL, the Mobile Police, the Counterterrorism Units, the CTU, and the Special Protection Units uh, begging for reform, training, and decent salaries? The MOPOL, the CTU, and the SPU can become like any exceptional special weapons and tactics team anywhere in the world if the government can do the right thing or they uh, they hire us to, to show them how to build effective police teams if, if they don't know what to do. The government can consult with some of the youth groups and private sector companies. We can teach them how to build accountable and resourceful teams for the police and any other aspect of governance or national resource management. So my, my beloved government and country people, look, reform the MOPOL, the CTU, and the SPU and end this what joke I beg. End what, yo. We honestly we don't need it. We don't need that. We don't need it. We don't need any new SWAT team that uh, that may just be a new baptismal name for the infamous SARS death squad. So I beg, don't play with our intelligence. End what? End SARS. Sometimes I wonder why we have to protest and run the risk of being murdered in the streets every day for the basic rights to life that the constitution was made to secure for us. And they try to tell us that we, uh, that they have thinking people advising the presidency in this government. Our persistent protests made them to start doing the right things on small measures 
But you know that only irresponsible governments have to be pushed to govern with justice and righteousness. Do we have to scream? Eh? Do we have to cry and have our blood shed by the murderous Nigerian police force on the streets of Obamasha or for year of Abuja and Lagos before the Nigerian government will wake up from their drunken slumber? If there is a curse of bad governance on Nigeria, for whatever reason, may God's mercy spare and deliver us for the sake of the innocent youths that are only asking for a nation where they can thrive and live out their dreams in peace. So, since this is all we are asking for, why can't they just do the right thing? Why do they have to resort to this level of evil violence and bloodshed just because we ask for our simple fundamental rights? During the last protest in the past few days, we saw the police kill themselves, kill one of their own by friendly fire, and, and, and the, the commissioner of police tried to pin the, the death of the policeman on one of the protesters. They tried to frame him up and, 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 and implicate him as a murderer. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the lies that the Lagos commissioner has to start publishing through um, through the the state government media man to frame an innocent unarmed protester with a fatal shooting that they inflicted on their own colleague, a case of friendly fire and reckless indiscipline in the use of firearms. And now they are trying to cover it up with a frame up and used uh, used as that as an excuse to open fire on on unarmed on boys and girls protesting for an end to the killer cops unit protesting to end that Nigerian plague of systemic injustice and corruption ingrained in the soul of the Nigerian police force. It appears that the Nigerian police force has turned into a rogue police force that even the federal government and the inspector general of police cannot control. In spite of the president's and the IG's directives, the police still murdered innocent people, shooting life ammunitions into the crowd of, 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 of youths and arresting scores of innocent protesters, and made an attempt to even frame, uh, what's that guy's name again, Ademola uh, Ajobudu for the self-inflicted death of one of their operatives. In the past few days, uh, they have unleashed the army at, and killed at protesters and killed us. People are being killed and maimed in Edo State and Abuja. We won't stop the protests, no matter what they do. We will revise our peaceful protest strategies and tactics and come at them again in more ways than one, on and off the streets. If they won't give in to the lawful demands of the youth, the forces of peace and justice will push them out. We will no longer stand by and suffer in silence while some power-drunk incompetent people turn the Nigerian state into a quasi-communist government which seeks to control every aspect of life of the people with draconian or democratic laws and subject them to eternal poverty while they squander the resources of the people and enrich themselves with unearned wealth. We the youths of Nigeria have risen and will cause a paradigm shift in the way this country is being run and managed. So I'm tired, I'm tired. Anyway, th this is just a brief overview of, of the background to what's going on. You know, yesterday before the massacre, we saw a show of force with military tanks and gun trucks moving into town. Yesterday, the 20th of, of, of October 2020, you know, 
We saw it as a clear sign that the government does not intend to do anything tangible about our demands. The president is still sequestered in the villa. Our senators were even begging him yesterday to address the nation. <laughs> and he still refused. Till today, 24 hours after the massacre, we have not heard the voice of the president or any of the other senators or representatives from the, from the House of Assembly. What a country Nigeria has become. We saw Nigerian police, men and other government security operatives dropping off paid thugs to attack protesters and, and, and to burn police stations. We have videos of policemen escorting thugs in Abuja searching for fleeing protesters to attack, to kill and to maim. They were setting their cars on fire. Uh, it, was just, it was just a horrible, horrible sight. We saw the Nigerian police standing by and watching talks attack us, killing and maiming protesters while they just stood by and did nothing, even escorting some of them and giving them rides in their trucks, taking them to places where they can continue with their atrocities. Yesterday, before the curfew in Lagos, we saw and we heard that uh, the governor in your state, uh, Governor Sheyi Makinde, they launched a security operation, uh, operation um, squad called Operation Boss to protect, to protect protest, protesters in that state from the thugs. And it worked. He kept the thugs under control and, and gave the go-ahead and he gave the go-ahead for the peaceful protest to continue. Now that's the leader. He's, uh, that's a real leader of the people. Not a puppet of a political machine. Not an errand boy of a party godfather. What did we see in Lagos that led to the massacre yesterday? Lagos State Governor clamped down on us with a curfew that left so many people stranded. So many people were stranded all over the state. Our sponsored talks were sent to attack us, and we saw Sarah still killing protesters in Moshin Alosha. People were shut down like dogs on the street. And while we decided to wait out the curfew at the toll gate, we decided to to have a sitting, let come what may. And then we saw that's when we saw some government workers came in to remove the CCTV cameras from the toll gate. And the whole thing started. The soldiers came. The soldiers came and opened fire on us. Well, in spite of all that, we will not back down. We will not give up. So in the wake of the Lekito Gate massacre, we are almost certain that the president will not resign because we have come to accept that he's running the clandestine agenda bigger than himself. So we can only appeal to the vice president, Pastor Sibanjo, to resign and leave the Buhari administration while he still can do so honorably. He has done his best in the damage control role he has been playing to appease the people for the impenitent and insensitive actions of the government. So, Vice President Osibanjo, we appeal to you to leave the office and go on exile for a while if you can't feel safe in Nigeria till we have fixed this broken system. So the struggle for the transformation of Nigeria is a hill to die on. The peaceful revolution of the Nigerian youths can alter the destiny of Nigeria forever. And we will strive to ensure that 
the change which this revolution of peace, unity and prosperity we bring will be sustained and passed on to the next generation coming after us. So go tell them that we are preparing for them in the next election. Tell the political machines and parties that brought this undemocratic government to power that in 2023, their unprogressive advances of unpopular policies will end with a crashing halt and the people of action will restructure this nation into a new era of lasting peace and prosperity. And this shall be our mantra. In 2023, Nigeria must be free. Free from this satanic police brutality, free from domestically aided terrorism and land-grabbing banditry free from financial wastes on padded and overfunded contracts and ridiculously bloated paychecks for politicians. And within eight years, we'll be free to produce much more than what we can consume by training, educating and empowering the most technically productive youth population on the African continent. Mark Twain said that the people that elect corrupt politicians, impostors, thieves and traitors are not victims but accomplices. So we shall educate our youths, and they will never again in the history of Nigeria ever vote for a government like this one. Never again. So uh, I'll come back again and we'll talk about some other issues on how we're going to transform this country. Yeah. To my brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers in Nigeria and all over the world, excuse me and let me close this podcast episode by praying and prophesying in the name of Jesus Christ without apologizing for my Christ-centered spirituality. We will create a new country in which we will have true religious freedom without having anyone's rights to worship trampled upon by a biased and wicked government. As we pray powerfully and prophesy passionately and protest persistently, God will intervene with signs and wonders and bless our labor's tears and blood by putting out the evil elements of this country and healing our land. God will transform this divided country into a true nation where peace and justice shall reign. But vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I will repay them evil for evil and every one of them, from the constable on the street to the culpable in high places. They will all end violently and will burn forever in the fires of hell if they repent not. For all liars and murderers will have their place in the lake of fire. We stand in the shed blood of the Nigerian youths murdered yesterday and over the years by SARS and other units of the Nigerian police force and we echo the cry of their blood for vengeance and pronounce this humanly irreversible curse. We echo the cry of their blood for vengeance and pronounce this curse that cannot be reversed by any human or spirit on the face of this planet. He that shares the innocent blood of another man, by man shall his blood be shared. To those that armed these wicked officers and unleashed them against us, upon every government official or private citizen that supports us, this curse shall follow you to your fourth generation of them that hate righteousness, because the blood of the innocent have also indelibly stained your hands. This curse can only be reversed by repentance and restitution to the families of the victims and the washing of your souls by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, whose blood of forgiveness speaks better than Abel's blood that cries for vengeance. In the same breath of this curse, I speak a blessing, for death and life is in the power of the tongue, 
I declare the good will of God towards our persecutors. The good will of God that extends his love to them for their salvation from the evil that is about to consume them. God says that we should love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us and do good to those that hate us. This love is not emotional, but one of goodwill towards their salvation and the reign of peace in Nigeria and in the world in general. To those evil people who wish to keep Nigerian youths in slavish poverty forever in our own country, I present an open door for reconciliation with God by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ for their hearts to be transformed and their sins be cleansed. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If they will repent now, if they will repent now, God is saying that he will give them a new heart and put a new spirit within them and he will take away the stony heart of wickedness out of their flesh and he will give them a heart for humanity, peace and progress. And he will put his spirit within them and make them to live by his righteous laws and keep his commandments which brings freedom, peace and prosperity. So now I said before our persecutors the curse and the blessing death and life from God and I counsel them to choose life that they may live because we the youths of Nigeria will not be overcome by evil but we will overcome evil with good we will prevail we will prevail with the forces of righteousness equity and true justice and a new Nigeria shall arise like a phoenix out of the ashes of a fallen country and may the grace of God bring upon the families of our slain brothers and sisters the fortitude to bear these painful laws and unto god who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be all glory and honor and power and majesty forever and ever world without end amen mm -hmm.